Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Enigma Blockbuster Cinema Theater and the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast Season 1, Episode 3. My name is Scotty, also known as EBC2. My right, uh, sporting a very blue head today. Uh, very fashionable is the fashionable Legion Cage, also known as Rob. And to his right, the beautiful, the awesome, the fantastic Steph Babies, also known as Steph, also known as Stoops, also known as the uh, Irish Goodbye Queen of the uh, West Coast. Thank you very much. How are you all doing? Welcome. Good. Good, good, good. Thanks for having us. Well, I, it's a pleasure. Uh, absolutely love the hat, Cage. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio version of the podcast, you are truly missing out on the fantastic hats that have been uh, occupying the center stage here for quite some time. Uh, in the first episode, we had uh, Luigi. In the second episode, we had Mario. Now we've got Sanic. Uh, who is also a trash panda or something along those lines. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you really need to stop on by Twitch uh, during one of the live uh, recordings uh, of the podcast that is uh, on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. And uh, it's variable time. We typically do it every other weekend. Um, this time, uh, since we have somebody from the West Coast, we are doing it a little bit earlier in the day. And uh, we try to work around people's schedules and make sure everybody's happy. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're just listening to us for the first time, welcome. Uh, this is the Arcade Nostalgia Memory podcast where we basically interview gamers about their favorite games or one of their favorite games and the memories surrounding that. Uh, in particular, uh, some of the memories uh, and the gameplay that brings back those nostalgic feelings of, uh, oh, this was an awesome game that I played back in the day, so much so that I still play it to this day. Uh, if only to recapture those nostalgic feelings, but mostly because it's just an awesome game that we love and we go back to it continually. So, with that being said, we're going to go right over and start with Steph's one of Steph's favorite games, Halo 3, which came out in 2007. And uh, we're going to be talking about the game here in a little bit, and then uh, watching a playthrough of uh, Steph doing uh, a big portion of the beginning of the game and uh and we'll go from there so we're gonna go uh, let me uh, cover this first here came out in 2007 we only had it on xbox 360 then microsoft decided to put out a an independent port for windows and windows apps in 2020 uh, during the height of covid I wonder why. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Halo 3, uh, not to be confused with Halo 1 or 2. I think that's why they put a number 3 after it. So, uh, Cage, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the history uh, surrounding this game and how it was received? All right. Well, so um, let me take you back a little bit. Uh, so Tuesday, September 25th, 2007. Uh, that was approximately 5,145 days ago, if, uh, if I calculated that right at the time I was doing my, uh, my research on this. Um, George W. Bush, still the President of the United States, 
top five songs in the U.S. Uh, pretty much a very, very, very dom- heavily dominated by uh, uh, pop and rap, uh, R&B uh, stuff. But you got Kanye West's Stronger was the number one song in the United States. Soldier Boy, Tell Him with Crank That. Everyone remembers that one, unfortunately, I think. Timbaland, The Way I Are, Fergie, Big Girls Don't Cry, and 50 Cent AO Technology. I'm not a huge, huge R&B fan, but I actually know all uh, four of the five of those songs. Um, but those are your top five in the U.S. Uh, General Motors was experiencing a massive worker strike. 73,000 General Motors workers walked out the day before September 25th. So that was September 24th, and they were on strike still during this time. Um, Bruce Springsteen just released his 15th album, Magic, uh, with the E Street Band. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, uh, was celebrating his 24th birthday. Bridget Wilson, um, who played Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat, or more commonly known uh, Veronica in the uh, Billy Madison movie. She was celebrating her 34th birthday, and Catherine Zeta-Jones was celebrating her 38th birthday. But more importantly, and the reason why we are here, Master Chief returned to continue his mission to rid space of aliens, or whatever they are. (laughs) (laughs) They sure look like Um, aliens to me. I mean, right? Right? Pretty Um, much. So, Halo 3 was originally announced at E3 2006 and uh, was preceded by a multiplayer beta for those who purchased the game Crackdown. Um, Crackdown, in my opinion, was a really, really good game, but this was a good sales ploy to get people to buy Crackdown. They wanted to play Halo desperately. They wanted to play the brand new Halo. Well, if you buy that game, you can play the beta for this game. Uh, at the time, I was working for GameStop, and I remember people coming in literally to buy Crackdown, and I was like, oh, you're going to you know, play Crackdown? Oh, I will probably won't even play this game. I really just want to play the beta for Halo. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Um, record. Crackdown. Good game. Um, <laughs> Microsoft spent around $40 million just in marketing the release of this game alone which actually ended up uh, seeming to pay off for them because the game grossed over $170 million on launch day and hit over $300 million in that first week. It would also go on to become the best-selling game of 2007 in the United States. More than 1 million people played Halo 3 on Xbox Live within the first 20 hours of the game launch. Uh, The game was not only a commercial success, but a critical one as well. Garnering a 94 out of 100 on Metacritic, the game received scores like A plus from OneUp.com, 10 out of 10 from Eurogamer, 9.75 from Game Informer, 9.5 from GameSpot, 9.5 from IGN, and more. The game was nominated for seven Spike TV Game Awards, winning Best Multiplayer Game, and quote, most addictive game fueled by do. I'm assuming Mountain Dew, uh, which is probably a sponsor <laughs> for the But yeah, yeah, most addictive game fueled by Dew. Um, it also won Time Magazine's Game of the Year award, and IGN gave it honors of the best Xbox 360 online multiplayer and innovative design awards during that year. Uh, Halo 3 obviously preceded by Halo Combat Evolved and Halo 2 for the Xbox original and succeeded by multiple other games including Halo Wars, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Reach, Halo 4, Halo 5 Guardians, 
Halo Wars 2 and the upcoming Halo Infinite, which launches next week or the week after, I believe. Um, Halo 3 has sold in excess of over 14.5 million units in its lifespan. This franchise is insane. And understandably, when I'm sure, you know, many, many of those reasons why it's Steph's, one of Steph's favorite games from her childhood. So what you're saying is it's popular somewhat. Maybe. A little bit. A little bit. bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, just listening to the ratings that the the critics were given, that's that's very high praise. Um, So, obviously, this isn't a slouch game. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a short break real quick and then come back for uh, Steph's playthrough. Um... In, in particular, uh, we'll discuss some of the gameplay, the controls, the enemies, uh, a little bit of the storyline, and um, I- exactly why uh, it's uh, Steph's favorite game and, uh, as far as the gameplay goes. So uh, stick with us. We'll be right back in just a quick short break. All right. Welcome back, and now we're going to begin Steph's playthrough of Halo 3. Um, She had uh, a little bit of a concern before uh, we did this about um, the cutscenes taking up a little bit too much time, but as I was actually going through the editing process for the playthrough, I found that I was able to keep the majority of the cutscenes intact, so we, we actually get a little bit of a movie here as well as uh, we're playing through. Something no one saw. This is exciting. I'm glad it worked out that way. The cutscenes are much better than my gameplay anyway, so this is good news. Luck. Having seen you stream multiple other things, I'd, I'd believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even be upset because it's true. <laughs> um, this particular playthrough, I... I was having a lot of fun and it was going well until I had my first death and Scotty, you edited this, so you probably noticed. And oh, then, I, I I took out all the deaths, so you're you're golden. You're I, you're the you're the best player so on Halo. <laughs> there were so many so many deaths, and it got to a point where I just kept wanting to keep playing because I was having fun. That's what happens when I play this game. But I was so tired. It was late at night, and I kept dying. And I'd be like, okay, next death, I'm done. And then I kept going, but it got unbearable and embarrassing. Um. But yeah, I'm glad you cut that out. So <laughs> pretend I didn't say any of that. And yes, best yeah. player. Yeah, best no. Player. Ac- ac- according to this playthrough, you you are a fantastic Halo player uh, that never dies whatsoever. <laughs> here's the Master magic Chief. Of video editing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I believe this is in East Africa. Yes, this is on Earth. Um, so the end of Halo Two has you don't really know how master chief gets here you know if you watch the um there's a like i guess post credit scene i don't know for halo 2 i don't know what they call them in video games but you see that there's yeah the ship that they're on it gets overtaken by the flood so halo has humans it has the flood which is an alien species and it's the covenant which is an alien species and it's this triangle and they're all against each other, basically. And so the Flood, you see that they come and they take the ship and they have Cortana, which is the AI that is uh, speaking for, um, you hear her voice and she lives in Master Chief's equipment, in his head, kind of. 
So they have her now. So you start Halo 3 without her, and she's she's damaged, and so it's kind of weird throughout this whole game. But you don't know what happens to Master Chief, really. And I never really questioned it until right before we started this. I'm like, why do we wake up in Africa? Why do we wake up on Earth? And apparently, you have to read uh, the comics to understand how we get here. So that's why we're here, because... The comics brought us here, <laughs> and we're we're starting our journey now. So the beginning of this game is just controls. They have you look around, and then they go back to cutscene really quickly. And you, uh, I believe you you had told us about the comics before we had gone live. Yeah. You you have not read the comics yourself. I haven't. I haven't read those books. There's comics, and I'm not familiar with those. Um, I would love to, but never got around to it, and it's not something realistically I'm going to do, knowing me. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a very large extended universe. Uh, I mean, I know myself. I am I'm a you know fairly big Star Wars fan, and me and Scotty both are big Star Trek fans, and, and like those sci-fi franchises, this mm -hmm. has a large extended universe beyond just the game oh yeah so. oh yeah the lore is expansive if you like sci-fi and you like lore um then yeah this franchise is is made for that and it's interesting because i don't play games for story 99 percent of the time and i'm not a big sci-fi person 99 percent of the time so it's interesting to me that i love this game so much and story-wise like i said i don't i know enough to get by and follow along but there are people i know who can just tell you everything they're an encyclopedia for halo and it's incredible because there is so much and as you go throughout the games in the master chief collection um there's uh little stations throughout where you can learn more lore and it's flashbacks and it's um, just explaining all these things and it's so intricate and again I can't follow along but it's absolutely incredible that they have all of that you said that was in the Master Chief collection so were, was that not was that not included like in the original games like the extra lore no um, the those little waypoints were not in the originals it was something i believe that they added to the master chief collection and when you find them you get a little achievement for finding them mm -hmm. now we had a question in chat our live chat um have you played uh halo one or two if you haven't uh, uh you know read any of the books or comic books um but have you played anything else in the series yeah so i've played um, every game in the series except for Halo 5. Uh, I know there's a lot of negativity surrounding Halo 5, just kind of in among Halo fans. And it's not, there's no campaign. You can only play single player. And that's always been a big part of why I enjoy this game is I like the multiplayer and the campaign. So um, other than Halo 5, I did play the first two. I played through them pretty young with my dad and we'll get into that more later um but then i played again through them recently um with eddie norm ed norm and <laughs> we've done that uh, a couple playthroughs we were playing through the whole series on normal and then we started going through it again on heroic and we're stuck on halo 2 heroic right now oh and uh I, obviously yeah sorry go ahead cage no sorry um 
I was just gonna say you you mentioned that you have not played uh, Halo Five. Um, is that you have not played Halo Five yet? You do actually plan on playing Halo Five? I feel like I should. I own it, so that's a big reason why I should. And I just I want to. I I've kind of put it off just because of that negativity, but I do want to make my own conclusion and decide for myself. My expectations are lower. Um, but just for the sake of, because I know I'm going to play Infinite, right? So I don't want to just have Halo 5 out there that I didn't play. I want to be able to say that I've played them all. So, uh, I will play it. Maybe I'll even stream it, but it's not something I feel an urgent need to do. And what I was going to ask is it's not, uh, related to Halo 3 so much, but you're also a big fan of the Borderlands series. Uh, last week on the podcast, we had the Joho, um, and his favorite game, uh, presented was Borderlands 2. Uh, you play Borderlands 2, I think, what, every Saturday with your brother Slight? Is that still Saturdays or? So I play Borderlands with Slight every Friday. Friday. Um, we've done as of as of this month we're two two whole fridays in and it's an adventure <laughs> and then on saturdays um That's i'm right, playing yeah. through the whole series with iznib and Mur, and we just started the pre-sequel this past saturday and it's been a lot of fun right now yeah the the question that i had there is in your mind how does uh, the mechanics and the gameplay and and you said you're not a big fan of the story but uh, the mechanics, the gameplay, and like the style, the the ease of play, and everything. How does that compare between the Halo series, or in particular Halo Three, and the Borderlands series? Um, there's definitely more of a difference than I anticipated. Um, I was excited to play Borderlands because I thought, oh, this is a first-person shooter. I love first-person shooters. I just want to run around and shoot the bad guys. Um. But Borderlands, it really is, there's a lot of RPG elements to it that I just didn't know about. And so, you know, Halo, you have your guns laying around and you can pick up the gun you want and that's kind of it. In Borderlands, you know, guns have different levels and you have to look at the statistics and decide which ones you want to let go, which ones you want to sell. Um, and then even the shooting mechanics, and this is something that I know I've talked to Cage about, um, in Borderlands, and I think in Call of Duty, is like this as well. Uh, you know, you hold left trigger to zoom in, and then you shoot with the right trigger. And that always takes getting used to for me, because in Halo, it's not that way. You don't have to zoom in with left trigger to shoot. Um, and with most a lot of the guns that I use, you don't really need to worry about zooming in at all. Um, I believe it's you press in the right stick to zoom. I don't know that for sure. Um, but it's just, it's kind of different. Now... Once I get going with either of them, it, they're both pretty comfortable. I don't know that I prefer one over the other, um, but I think that Halo is definitely a true first-person shooter. That's it. Um, whereas Borderlands has the classes and the leveling systems and all of the stats and things to keep an eye on. Um, so similar, but different. And um, I, I, I know simply because we, you know... Uh talked to Joho about Borderlands uh, last week and then watching your playthrough this week uh, and doing a little bit of research on, on the Halo game that uh, there's 
uh, the one mechanic in Borderlands where if you're staggered, you have to uh, kill an enemy somewhere in, in the near vicinity in order to get a second wind and get back on your feet and start fighting again. Whereas in this, um, it's got a peculiar shield mechanic that's um, only on the Halo series where you instead of a health or you know anything to add to your health you've got a shield mechanic that you take hits and if you get to a point where it's a critical thing you literally have to stop and take cover somewhere and within like four or five seconds your shield starts then regenerating back up to full health um mm -hmm. it, it seemed like uh, a lot of the problems you were running into was mostly because you were in the middle of a, a heavy firefight and simply either couldn't find cover or couldn't back away fast enough or something like that. Yes, it's definitely not as forgiving <laughs> as Borderlands has been um, because when you, you know, quote unquote, when you would die in a lot of games in Borderlands, you're just downed and you have that chance to, to um, get back in it by killing an enemy. And I think that having been playing Borderlands for so long and then coming back to Halo for the first time in months, um, I definitely wasn't being as careful as I would typically be with this game um, because I, I just was kind of out of practice. And it, like I said, it's not as forgiving. Um, so if you're not paying attention to your shield and your health, especially, and this was just on normal, but especially in heroic, legendary, um, you can't just run in guns a-blazing. You have to be more strategic and patient and that's a difficult thing for me in games is to be patient because I want to just run in and go crazy and you, you can't necessarily. Um, so yes, that's definitely a big difference between the two as well is that shield um, mechanic and that second kind of second chance that you get in Borderlands. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, the differences kind of like there with that shield mechanic. Um, and then you kind of you're also talking about like Borderlands is definitely more focused on the weapons. Uh, the point I'm trying to get at is uh, we got a question from the chat. Uh, what is your favorite weapon in Halo? My favorite, and this is not to say that's the best. I want that to be very clear. <laughs> uh, but my favorite, especially because most of my time playing Halo 3 has been spent on multiplayer online. Um, so my favorite is the assault rifle, which is pretty pretty basic but you just run up on someone shooting get close enough to you know hit b and melee them and that will if you did it right that i'll take them out um that was kind of always what i mostly did uh the battle rifle is probably the most common favorite and that's what i'm using right now um on the screen for those of you watching and it's one that i didn't use a lot when i played this growing up but revisiting the series i've come to appreciate it more because I've gotten more patient um, and I'm tr I've been trying to be more accurate. So I like the battle rifle a lot more now. And I see why so many people love it. But the assault rifle and then the shotgun, though I feel like the shotgun in the later games isn't quite as powerful as it is in the original, like the first one. Yeah, we have another question in our live chat. Uh, do you prefer listening to the Halo music during your playthroughs or do you set up your own playlist? Um, I, ooh, I like that question. So I prefer listening to the Halo music. During this playthrough, 
I was listening to my own music. And maybe that's part of, I'm gonna blame it on that. That's why I kept dying. I wasn't true to what I usually do. I had Spotify in my ear. And that's what Just happens. Blame it on the music, huh? <laughs> blame it on the music. It's all Spotify's fault. Do you hear that, Spotify? <laughs> you caused this. Well, like I said... Uh, not for our podcast purposes. You, you're great, Spotify. <laughs> oh, that's right. The podcast is on Spotify. I don't think they uh, really care at this point because, uh, you know, we're not, like, advertising or anything. Spotify, you're mediocre. We'll, we'll, we'll put you at that. How's that? It's fine. It's fine. Um, the... Uh, the, the music uh, question is kind of interesting to me. Uh, what kind of music is available in the Halo game itself that uh, you find um, you want to go ahead and, and listen to that better than your own typical playlist or, or um, something like that? Because... Um, you know, dealing with Twitch, we deal a lot with the DMCA laws and making sure that we can't have any type of uh, uh, licensed uh, creative works that are not our own being broadcast. Um, so did uh, did the creator of the Halo series come up with their own soundtrack and it's all original music, or do they use some other creative works? Uh, and if you had to stream it, you you would have to flip that switch maybe if it's available on this game to where you're not playing anything like that. So it is its own original soundtrack, and it's a great soundtrack, and that's why I like it so much. It really puts you in it um, very much so. But so it's its own original soundtrack, but there are still there have been instances where I've had portions of my stream muted because. I will be in the in the start menu, and it's that uh, iconic Halo theme playing. Uh, you know, like the choir and the, the the sound I'm not gonna do right now, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so sometimes that will get DM not DMCA necessarily. I don't get a strike or anything, but they just mute it um, because that's that's the Halo song. That's what it, what people know when you think Halo music. Um, but other than that, I haven't run into problems like that with the soundtrack but the soundtrack is very good and it it really kind of makes the game for me without even realizing it i think um so i was like hearing borderland for example i, I and, was hearing a lot in the back of the playthrough the the dramatic music especially notching yeah. up during the fights and it was really good yeah it's very good and like 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 i was saying with borderlands the music it's it's whatever i can listen to i can listen to spotify spotify is great i can listen to spotify while i'm playing borderlands and it doesn't really make a difference um atmosphere wise but the like you said during the battles and everything the music the way it ramps up it it's it makes the setting it really completes everything um so i love being able to listen to the game and the music when i'm playing through this yeah and you talk about um you know, and it's, it's a shame to hear that uh, the opening theme for the games would get DCMA striked because uh, it really is an epic theme. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I won't, you know, I won't attempt to try to hum it or anything, but, you, it, you know, it, it hits you real hard. It, it gets you amped to play the game like, yes. you know. Steph, you know, we've talked about before when uh, we were on podcast uh, months back, you know, that we, we both are very similar. Like before we stream, we kind of like sit there and we're just kind of like, like getting in our own little zone. 
um, you know, and listening to music to get to get us ready to go to stream, like that's the kind of music you can listen to that will put you directly into the mood to go destroy all these stupid little aliens that I see on your screen currently. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it, no, it's absolutely. Great. It's phenomenal. Like you said, it's a shame that I have to worry about that theme um, being copyrighted. Um, but that's a whole different thing. But it's 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 really iconic. Everyone knows they hear that and they're like, oh yes, Halo. Whether they play Halo or not, it's amazing. All right, we had uh, another question in chat. Oh. <laughs> uh, we had another question in chat. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be uh, up your alley, though, uh, given how you, you've talked about you don't follow the storyline quite as close, which is fine. You know, it's not, not everybody's cup of tea, but um, Angle Doom in our live chat asked, how do you feel about the Flood? So, I actually do like this question. Uh, the Flood... You don't see them in any of the gameplay that I um, played through, unfortunately. But so they're this other alien species, right? And you're introduced to them a little over halfway through the first Halo, I think. And they, I prefer my stories to be a little more twisted, a little darker. And the flood is that. Um, you know, the Covenant, you look at them and Cage called them stupid little aliens. That's kind of what they look like. They're kind of goofy. They have their, like, rankings and the grunts are just ridiculous. But the Flood is creepy, right? They're parasites. They take over, like, the bodies of the people, the individuals, the whoever they killed. Um, the, the Flood music, they have their own little theme and it's just so creepy. Um, they're not scary but almost like almost scary and the 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 mastermind he's called Gravemind. um he's kind of like the head of the flood i guess you could say and it's just it's they're gross and they're creepy and i i don't know all the lore like i said but i know that if you were to look into the lore it all starts with the flood and the forerunner it's the forerunners are what they're called like years and years and years thousands of years ago that's kind of where it starts is with the flood in a lot of ways so they're really important to the storyline and i think that they definitely help make it interesting but they also take it to that level of convoluted that keeps me from digging in more so i like them they're creepy they're frustrating they're difficult but they also add a lot that i just can't quite wrap my brain around All right. Uh, so yeah, question from our live chat uh, from Glockenspiel Goose. Uh, what's your favorite memory associated with the game? Uh, like a specific part or something that you did with a friend? Um, I don't know if I have a specific like one instance or one part. Um, well, okay, that's not true. I take it back. Um, when I was a sophomore in high school, between my freshman and sophomore year, I went to this church camp thing in Tennessee. I was at the University of Tennessee. We stayed there for a week and everyone kept telling me because everyone knew I love this game. Like, hey, like there's Halo like set up. They're doing tournaments like in this room over there. You have to go. And I was not confident enough to go. And I didn't want to make my friends go because they didn't care. They didn't give two craps about this game. But finally, one day I like asked my youth pastor to go with me. I was like, hey, 
I, I kind of want to go play Halo. Is that cool? Super sheepish. And we went over and he just sat there and I did incredible. I was very quiet. There were a lot of, I was the only female in the room, which was intimidating. So I just kind of kept my head down and kept winning. It was all multiplayer. And people would be like, who is that? And I didn't want to draw attention to myself, so I didn't say anything. But my youth pastor was sitting there, like, looking like a proud dad. It was so ridiculous. It was outrageous that this was even a thing that was happening. I'm playing Halo 3 and doing really well at a University of Tennessee for church. Um, but I think about that a lot when I think about this game, because it was so random. Um, so there's that, and then I played through the campaign with my dad a lot. And this was kind of our game and our thing, um, the Halo series, like, 1, 2, and 3 was a thing we did so that's just a special thing that i think of when i think of this game as well and of course we're gonna uh, get into a lot more of the memories surrounding this game that stuff has um in the second part of the playthrough um can you can you take us a little bit through what's happening in the cutscene now yeah let me look <laughs> We have Master Chief. He's he's looking around. Okay, so these are the prophets. There's truth. There's regret. Um, and I had a friend once uh, mentioned how the names of the prophets they act so opposite of what their names are. They're bad guys. They're awful. Like truth, he's a liar. Regret, he doesn't have any regrets. They're doing terrible things. Oh, that sounds um, like so everybody. Really... <laughs> that sounds like normal people. <laughs> No regrets. Um, but they're no regrets. The head of this like re the religious, religious, religious part of the covenant. So it's like almost like this cult. Um, there are these religious, just twisted, evil um, group, the prophets, and that's kind of the big thing uh, in like two and three is that religious battle going on among the covenant. There's kind of a divide where a, half the covenant um, is, is following. Like they've bought, they've, they're drinking the juice, right? They're they're believing everything the prophets are saying, and then there's the other half, um, and the arbiter who is working alongside us now in this game is part of that half that realizes that no, like everything they're saying is lies. They're awful. They're bad why don't you see this and so they're kind of at civil war among themselves um so you end up working alongside a lot of the covenant in this game so that cutscene was kind of giving you some some insight into that whole situation this is a skull <laughs> um so throughout every... <laughs> uh in every level i think in the halo games there's these skulls and they're just hidden little easter eggs um some of them unlock different settings and different things within the game i only have ever found like two in my life but this is one of them and i thought oh i know what i can do for this like playthrough something to talk about i can go grab the skull so you do some like platforming and you look in these like areas you wouldn't look to think for any other reason to find them but they're always so well hidden that i think unless i looked through a guide online i don't see myself ever being someone who 
tries to find them all. Yeah, like, I like any that of that's these. There, it's a cool thing. Yeah, like any of these uh, secrets in the games, it's almost like you have to spend hours on end going through every nook and cranny, testing every wall, bombing every floor, whatever you got to do. Yes. Because otherwise you're not going to find them. You're either literally placed in in positions where you're not going to be able to come across them through the normal gameplay. Yeah, I think the only other two I've ever found on my own were because I accidentally, like I went the wrong way, which I do a lot. Uh, as you probably also saw in my footage. Uh, but I would go the wrong way and I found, I would find them just like, somewhere random that anyone who's good at the game and is just going the right way would never think to look or find that one that i got here in this footage even i found that because when i first played through this on my stream um a friend of mine told me it was up there and that's why i I knew it was there so to to get credit for this skull or to unlock whatever thing it's going to unlock do you have to carry it through the entire level because i noticed it takes up a spot in your inventory like it takes up uh, a like a place instead of a gun yeah you can't throw a grenade um you can't shoot your gun you have to just bash enemies with the skull if you're going to be carrying it i don't know how to activate you know the skull's secret or mode that it has um i i feel like you're correct in saying you do have to finish the level with it um, but I've never done it. <laughs> like I said, I find it, and then I'm like, oh, this is cool. I miss my guns, and so I kind of just drop it. But, <laughs> are are <yeah. laughs> you are you at some point, uh, you know, the, with how many times you've actually played this game or, you know, the hours you've spent on it, uh, decide to just go ahead and read a guide to try to find all the, the little secrets and maybe do a playthrough based on that knowledge? I think so. That is something I have thought about before, at least for the third one, since I love this game. And I'm always looking for a reason to play it. Um, because the only... I, I've played through this game on my own, on every difficulty except Legendary. So that would be the next thing. And then after that, um, there, that would be kind of the next thing that I would want to do, is probably try to find the skulls, just hunt for those Easter eggs. Um, And I guess that's kind of the beautiful thing about a game having all those little things and loving a game so much is that it keeps giving you reasons to come back and revisit and do something new and try something different. So I would like to do that eventually, but I will be using a guide. (laughs) All right. Using a guide. Uh, We got (laughs) one more quick question from Mr. Wrong in our live chat. If you could summarize the game in one sentence, how would you? And also, if you could sell me on playing it, I'm skeptical how you would sell me the game. Oh, I am not a salesperson. This is all bad. <laughs> I'm like, play it if you want. If not, it's cool. <laughs> um, I could summarize the game in one sentence. I think that this is an incredibly fun game. And I feel like that's a really like lame easy answer but it's incredibly fun is it the most incredible game like gameplay wise story wise uh objectively probably not but it's a lot of fun um as far as selling you on it um i would say go through it with a friend if you have someone that will play through this game with you 
that's the most fun I've ever had playing through it. It's playing through it with my dad or with Eddie or with friends online. Um, because it's just so much fun and it creates so many laughs and so many funny things. So if you're skeptical on it, you're not sure how you'd feel like just kind of doing your own playthrough, definitely recruit someone to, to go through it with you because it's a good time. It's a fun, fun multiplayer game. That All sounds right. like Steph volunteering to play with you, Mr. Ross. And I volunteer <laughs> as tribute, so let me know when. There you go, there you go. At least at least she could be up in the corner of the screen, you know, like we've been doing some of these playthroughs, uh, isn't it, with Watch Whitney and that, and, and you can commentate on Mr. Wrong uh, and, and everything that he's doing wrong. But, uh, yeah. Uh, we're we're going to get more into the memories behind Halo 3 that Steph Babies has in just a little bit. We're going to take a short commercial break here and uh, come back for the second part of the playthrough. Um, you're listening to Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Scotty. We've got my co-host, Legion Cage, uh, also known as Rob. And our special guest this week is Steph Babies. Um, uh, let me go through real quick while I got 30 seconds. Uh, EBC 2021 is my handle on Twitch. You can go to see the live broadcast uh, of the recording of the podcast on my channel uh, once every two weeks or so. And that is twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. Uh, my co-host Legion Cage, his handle is Legion Cage, spelled L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. And uh, Steph Babies is S-T-E-P-H, babies like... Uh, you know, children or something along those lines. Anyway, we're going to take a short commercial break and uh, come right back with part two. See you in a bit. All right. So we've come back for the second part of Steph's playthrough on this. Um, again, if you have any questions in our live chat, just go ahead and post them and we will ask our special guest. Initially, I had considered doing a Super Mario 64 for this podcast because that's probably my favorite game, maybe even ahead of this one, but I just don't have a lot of memories associated with it. And so for the sake of nostalgia and memories, this one just made more sense. Well, you know, and, and here, here's the thing about it. I mean, like anything that kind of happens like in the, in the past, like you think about it in the past, you know, at a certain point does become retro. According to uh, Google, and there's a retro gaming site called Retro Gamer Daz or whatever. Um, it needs to be 15 years old to be considered retro. So, oh, so this Halo's right there. Yeah, this is this That's is on so, the cusp. What a what a what a downer. <laughs> you you know you're getting old Close when. <laughs> there you go. Halo is retro. Gosh. So uh, you told me you were um, 13 when this came out. Uh, so just coming nice. into high school and uh, what what are some of the more specific memories that you had playing this in high school, uh, you know, by yourself or with friends or family? Um, you did mention the one story about going to the um, tournament there. Uh, anything like that from that era? Yeah, so I got this game, I was in 8th grade, and I continued to play it through high school. Um, I went to the midnight release for this game, so that's like the first memory I have with it. I've never gone to a midnight release for a game 
other than for this one, um, there is a lot of anticipation for my dad and for me and for my brother. So we all went, which is funny because in hindsight, that means we went on September 24th to go sit outside the game store and wait for the game, um, which is my mom's birthday. And she was not there. So that always <laughs> makes me laugh now to think like, happy birthday, mom. We're going to leave you and go get ready for Halo 3 to come out. Uh, <laughs> so nice. Leaving her alone. Best present you can give her, I'm sure. <laughs> Pretty much. And then we, we came home. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We went to Hollywood Video uh, slash Game Crazy for this release. Um, and then GameStop was right across the parking lot. So it was there were people just all over the place. It was a big deal. I had, it was a school night. Um, so we were talking about it at school the next day because a couple other people went. Um, it was It was just so such a big deal and it was, it was really kind of the game that I think really playing this game is what made me say like yes like I'm a, I'm a gamer like I love video games I played a lot of Nintendo here and there growing up and Sega was my first console the Genesis um, but I was never like playing through games it was just a very casual kid messing around and then being like eh and turning it off um, but this was kind of my like my gateway my gateway drug can i say that <laughs> uh into video games and it started with halo 2 um my dad and i played a lot of halo together and halo 2 they had online and when that was introduced it was a huge deal and when halo 3 was going to be coming out i just wanted more of that and i was old enough to play it on my own and be confident in that and so when that came out, that's most of what I did. I didn't play through this campaign. I played through it with my dad twice, and then I didn't touch the campaign again until, like, I was out of college. Um, I just did multiplayer all through high school. So that was really my only character trait, um, probably, for a couple years, was I would finish school, come home, park myself in front of my Xbox, and just log in and play online. And... I made friends online through it that I would play with, but I usually just did my own thing. I didn't like doing the Team Slayer or a lot of the team games. I always did like Rumble Pit or Lone Wolves where it was just everyone against everyone. That's what I, I'm not good on a team. <laughs> I don't work well with others. So that was where I just kind of flourished and did my own thing. And I was, it was good at it. Like this is the one game where I could look back and be like, I was really good at that. And I wish I hadn't stopped playing it. Um, because I could have probably been pretty impressive at it had I stuck with it. Any of the friends that you made uh, during that period, do you still, are you in contact with any of them? There is one that we follow each other on social media, um, and but we don't talk or anything beyond that, and that's kind of it. And they were, the friends that I made through it, they were probably grade under me and they all lived like on the east coast and it was different then it wasn't quite the same as it is now uh, where online friends are it's more of a regular thing um and it's an easier thing also when you're an adult um when you're a, a freshman girl making friends with guys online you know it's like parentally it's it's there's some concerns and uh, so it wasn't, it was just different. Um, so I didn't really keep contact with a lot of them just because of age and life and everything. 
Um, but that's okay. I I enjoyed enjoyed the time we had. Uh, and it was just, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's just a weird thing. That was kind of the introduction to finding friends, I guess, online and realizing that that could be a real thing. Well, it looks like Mr. Wrong will play with you now. Uh, he can kick yes, up some I'm games so with him. You can teach him, you know, show him all <laughs> the ropes. And uh, He wants to know, is uh, the Master Chief Edition the best one to buy in this series? Yes, I would. If At this point, if you're going to get it, uh, I think, I think you... I could be wrong, but I feel like for the Xbox One and on, you can only get the Master Chief Collection. Um, yeah, to get the Master Chief Collection, it's the best deal by far. And and what's the difference between the Master Chief Collection and the regular series? So the Master Chief has the remastered. Um, so Halo 1 and 2 are remastered, and they look gorgeous. And it's kind of funny because they didn't, they didn't remaster... Halo 3, so Halo 1 and 2 look so good, and then you start Halo 3, and you're just like, oh, okay. And you, you adapt, and you get over it, but uh, the, they did a good job of redoing the graphics, and it needed it. And it's funny because throughout the game, you can hit the select button to switch back to the old original graphics, and when I was playing through this with Eddie, I would randomly just do it real quickly to see if he would notice. <laughs> And he always did because it's atrocious, but it's it's just such a silly, silly thing to be able to switch back if you want if you want the crappy graphics for the nostalgia. But yeah, the, that's the main thing is they remaster them so they look really pretty. Um, you get all four of them there on the Master Chief Collection, Halos one through four, and you get uh, I think you get ODST and Reach as well, so it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I just I actually just looked it up uh, on on Steam. You you are correct. You get the uh, anniversary editions of Halo One, Two. You get regular Three, Four. Uh, you get three ODST and Halo Reach all in one package. Yes. Uh huh. So definitely worth it. That's six six full quality games. They're all fun. Now, when it's worth it, I think when you're. Um talking about game aspects uh of games that you like to play are you more for rpgs or you'd rather have something more like this where it's pretty cut and dry straightforward and you're just following along with the storyline oh like this one thousand percent i don't like rpgs which is funny because i think most of what i stream intentionally or unintentionally ends up being more rpg like um, but I, like I said, I don't really play games for the story. I just want to go in and shoot stuff and run around and have a good time. Um, so when this came out, this was kind of, like I said, my introduction into really playing a lot of video games. And then um, Call of Duty was also a Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2 were also around this same like time and also great games of that single a first person shooter genre so halo 3 and call of duty um or those two franchises halo and call of duty were kind of my my favorites for a long time because i didn't have to worry about story or figuring out where i'm supposed to go i already knew and i just had to stay alive and shoot the bad guys and it worked out so so you just basically want to go in and destroy everything it just rampant chaos yeah. and destruction that's what gets your goat <laughs> Yeah, that's what does it for me. Chaos, destruction, 
Yes. <laughs> uh, Markiplier was recently playing. Markiplier was recently playing a game on his channel where it's like just absolute massive amounts of zombies that you have to kill one right after the other. I can't remember what the game was. But, uh, yeah, like, if you want a game where you're just, like, killing 10,000 zombies, literally 10,000 zombies that are all coming at you at the same time, that's that's what it was. And uh, he said the same thing. You know, basically, that that's the appeal, the draw for him. There's no, you know, uh, collecting weapons and leveling up and doing all this other stuff, you know, saving people. And, you know, you're just, just killing zombies. Yes. So that probably oh, would appeal totally to you. I totally get that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. But I've come to appreciate RPGs more, and I understand why people like them, and I don't dislike them necessarily. But being able to just kind of turn my brain off and just do this, shoot, stay alive. Well, I mean, I'm dying here. But <laughs> it's it's so fun. It's so satisfying. Extremely satisfying. Oh, yeah, that's a uh, good new nickname for you in our live chat. Steph the Destroyer Babies. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I don't know about all of that. Steph the Destroyed, maybe. <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, it. honestly, if you enjoy the game, it doesn't matter how many times you die because eventually you're going to get good enough at it, you know, learning the mechanics and... Uh, going through it over and over again where you're just not going to die nearly as much or you're not going to be, at the very least, uh, caught by surprise because, oh, yeah. you know, you've you've already hit it. I mean, the same thing with any of these games, you know, going back to my days with Mario or, um, you know, Doom with uh, Black Tiger, um, you know, that you just go through it so many times, you, you end up memorizing the course and seeing what's happening and uh, this is maybe a little bit more complex with the NPCs that, uh, you know, uh, are going to act a little bit different every time, maybe with the, the game AI. But, um, you know, it's just constantly figuring stuff out and going back and doing it again until you get it right. Exactly. The deaths, they really don't, unless you're trying to do a speed run or a, like a no death run. Um, which is awesome, but not for me. Um, it really doesn't matter. And even when I was good playing online, because if I try to get online and do multiplayer now, I would get absolutely destroyed. Um, but when I was good and I was doing it every day for way too many hours for someone who was in school, um, I, I would die all the time. But even then, like, my, my kills <laughs> saved me. And there's a lot of people who... On teams, for example, that's why I kind of avoided them. You don't want to be the last death. You don't want to be the first death. You don't want to be the one with the most deaths. But if I did my own thing, it was on me. You know, I could die as much as I wanted as long as I was still getting the kills and was winning. So um, I've never been too concerned with whether or not I'm doing a good job of staying alive as long as I deliver the results in the end. Maybe you can uh, tie some of the memories in uh, if uh, something comes to you. How is the uh, single-player gameplay versus playing with a group, especially online people that you're not actually in the same room with, how does that compare for you? Um, I definitely... It's different. It's such a different experience. Because when I was playing with people online, we didn't do campaign. Like I said, I didn't 
touch the campaign unless I was playing with my dad. I didn't touch it until much later in life. Um, so being able to play with people online, um, it it's a lot of fun. And I think that I prefer that experience. Um, playing it alone is still fun, but it's just different. It's so different because you're going through the story. And even with the story, I'd rather play it with someone else because I feel like being able to team up with someone and talk about what you're doing um, and strategize through the campaign that way is a lot of fun. And on your own, it's just kind of you and your, uh, your soldiers that are not helpful at all. Um, but the multiplayer online, I think, as far as friends and the memories, that's all I did with people online was do multiplayer. And we didn't do teams a lot of the time. <laughs> like, we would join a party and just all play against each other because I, we, it was just more fun that way, more bragging rights, um, and I just don't want to be on a team in general. A question for you, Steph, that I seem to have misplaced now because the chat's rolling. There it is. <laughs> okay, question from you for you from the live audience. You know, like, uh, what in your opinion is the best Halo? I mean, is Halo Three the best one, or is there possibly another one? And are you excited for the new one? Most people would say Halo Two is the best. I think that it's probably the most difficult, <laughs> um, and I can see why they. They, a lot of people do like Halo 2 so much. I think Halo 3 is the best. Um, and a lot of that is subjective, but it's a good balance of difficult but doable. Um, the storyline, I know I talked about how I don't know that much about it, but when the, the way that the Flood has become such a big part of the story at this point, and Cortana is just off the rails, and you're realizing that there is some kind of weird relationship happening between Master Chief and Cortana. I really liked that aspect of the storyline that we get in Halo 3. Um, so, mechanics-wise, I see why people like Halo 2, but as far as just the story and um, being able to get through it with ease, <laughs> uh, I prefer Halo 3. All right, we've got about uh, 15 minutes left, a little bit less in um, the second part of this playthrough. So if you do have any more questions, go ahead and put them in the uh, live chat here, and we will ask them of our guest. Um, and in particular, um, anything that, that deals with uh, what uh, kind of impact uh, this has had on your life, uh, in your opinion. In fact, I'll just go ahead and ask that directly. Um, it, it, now, now that you have been playing this game for well on fourteen years, and and it's uh, in one of your favorite games, if not your favorite game, what uh, what kind of impact do you think it has had on your life in general? And uh, how does that translate to like when you're uh, looking for a relaxing time or you just want to chill and you know do something that you know is enjoyable uh, why would this be one of your go-to's yeah um so to i guess i'll tackle the first part of the question first um this game like i said earlier this game is kind of the the pivotal moment for me where i thought okay like i am a gamer like this game 
got me excited about gaming and made me want to look into other games. Like, well, what else is out there? What else is um is this the the gaming world have to offer me? It was really just kind of the the gateway for me into the gaming world. Um, and I think that if it wasn't for that, who knows? Who knows if I would be streaming? Who knows if I'd know everyone that I know because I am streaming and just all of the kind of dominoes that fell into place because I fell completely in love with this game. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and then for the, the latter part of it, I think that it is such a comfort game for me. As I, It's funny to say as I'm just watching bodies flying and alien blood. Um, but it just feels like coming home. Every time I turn this game on, I just feel... I just feel safe and I feel like this feels right, you know? I feel like I'm in high school pretending to be sick and shoveling Mountain Dew and goldfish into my mouth and just having the time of my life playing this silly, awesome game. It's been so fun and I'm so... I, I wish I could go back in time and tell like 8th grade Stephanie, like, hey, it's going to be 2021 you're still going to be playing this game and you're going to be talking about it and you're going to make a lot of friends all because you started playing this. It's amazing. Hold up. Goldfish, you ate a, you you eat a different cheesy snack besides Cheetos? Yeah, I mean, how did you graduate from goldfish back. to hot flame and Cheetos? <laughs> I didn't start eating hot Cheetos until I became an adult. That is a sophisticated taste. <laughs> it was all <laughs> it was all goldfish up until then. <laughs> But yeah, that was and plus hot Cheetos with a when you're gaming, it's not it's not it's not ideal. It's a messy snack. You got the dust all over your fingers. It had to be goldfish. Not conducive. I mean that's it yeah, that's why I asked uh several months ago, like how much Cheeto dust <laughs> actually exists on your game controllers. I would think after after and, quite yeah, a bit of time it you have you have literally turned controllers yellow by just how much Cheeto dust, dust is being not. mashed into the my, plastic surface. <laughs> my controller is still white. You can see this is my controller, and it is as white as it can be because I'm very aware of the risks, and I keep uh, baby wipes by me if I'm eating hot Cheetos so that if as soon as I see that something's on it, I can wipe it away. Um, yeah, not the best gaming snack, which is funny that it's become such a big part of me gaming <laughs> but yeah no this game it it made it didn't make me who i am that's dramatic but it kind of made me the gamer i am and i'm very thankful for it like i i owe this game a lot um what have you found uh say in the last five or six years that uh is similar i mean maybe not the same kind of enjoyment that you have with halo 3 but i mean obviously you like borderlands um and a couple other things like that what what to you uh is kind of similarly ranked or or just below this as far as like the enjoyment i get out of it um like you said borderlands is definitely up there i after I stopped playing Halo, because I kind of took a hiatus for a long time, just from video games in general, and when I came back, I started playing a lot more Nintendo and a lot more... When we started streaming, it was a lot of RPGs, so... I think that I like Borderlands so much because it's the first kind of shooter um, 
that I played in a long time, and it gives me the similar feelings that I get when I play Halo, where I'm just, you know, I'm here to show up and shoot stuff, and sure, now I have to level up my guns as I go along and think through things a little bit more, but same kind of satisfaction comes out of it, so uh, I would definitely probably say Borderlands um, is up there. I'm very glad to be playing through that. Alright, and um, one more thing I noticed about the uh, is there's the similar aspect with Borderlands, um, the, the vehicle driving. Um, I, I, <laughs> as long as uh, you're... <laughs> As long as your uh, uh, cohort in pain, Iznib, is not driving, because he's apparently a horrible driver in Borderlands. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, let, um, let's talk a little bit about the game mechanics there. Um, you know, yeah. the driving aspect between the two games, and um, especially you know how you feel that uh, adds to the gameplay for you personally. I'm not a big vehicle person in games. Um, you have to be in Halo because there are missions where this is like you. This is your only option. You have to use this, especially for um, the last level of the games. You have to get in your Warthog or your Mongoose, depending on which game. And there's a timer, and you have to drive out, and you have to do it well, or else you're not finishing the game. And I think Borderlands is a bit more lenient. At least up until now, there's never been an instance where I have to get in that car and drive it well. Um, I There have been a lot of instances in Borderlands where things would go faster if I wasn't stubborn and just got in the car. Um, but Halo, the vehicles, they feel so much better. They're a lot more thought out, and there's just so many more of them. Um, I can't even keep up with how many there are. You have your Ghost, your Covenant um vehicles the wraith the banshee the ghost and then you have the soldiers like master chief their vehicles so you have the mongoose and the uh the scorpion is what the tank is called i believe and then the warthog um and then there's the pelican that you fly around in so there's just so many and they all have their own mechanics and it can be overwhelming um, I'm definitely better with some than others, and like I said, overall, I'd rather just not deal, but it kind of forces you, which is a good thing, um, and it makes sense. If you're going to put something in the game, you might as well use it, but driving, I don't know why I ended up, and I don't think I drive as much in Borderlands as I used to, because I'm not good at it. Iznib's actually better at it than I am. He hired me on as his chauffeur, and I, uh, kindly bowed out of that, so... <laughs> But yeah, no, the vehicles, they're a lot, they're a lot of fun in this game. Um, even if I'm not a big fan of vehicles overall, they add a lot to it. Yeah, the one interesting aspect of the vehicles that I found um, in your playthrough here was, um, actually happened in the first playthrough video um, we had before the break, where uh, one of the enemy combatants actually got up on the vehicle and just started punching you yes. inside the vehicle. Yes. That surprised me, and I've played this game so many times because, and I'm doing it right now, you can hijack a vehicle. Um, that was introduced, I think, in Halo 2 and carried over. Um, so if someone was driving at you with a ghost, um, that's a really common Covenant vehicle, you can hold X, and if you time it right, you can like kick them out, and now you're driving it. 
And then with the wraith I just destroyed here, you can jump on, plant a grenade, and then jump off, and that destroys it. Uh, in this game, like I know what you're talking about, the gameplay I sent you, I was having some difficulties. I was in this guy here with some soldiers, and I couldn't figure out how to get into the building I was trying to go into with the vehicle, and I was just kind of waiting for the, my soldiers to, to clear the way for me. And while I was sitting there waiting, one of the enemies jumped up and just started punching me. And I didn't know they could do that. I knew I could do that to them. I guess it makes sense that it could go both ways. But it definitely caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared for that. But yeah, that's definitely a thing that can happen. So you can, you can steal vehicles. They can jump on your vehicle. The vehicle is not a safe place. Um, we have a, another question from the chat, uh, from Ingledoom. Um, does Steph the Destroyer Babies prefer <laughs> FPSs over other types of games? Is, is, is the first person shooter the type of game for the Destroyer? <laughs> yes, as it should be, right? Uh, first person shooters are my favorite type of game. They're probably not the game I play most often, um, but they are. The close second would be 2d platformers or i guess 3d too just kind of depending i do like platformers a lot um and then everything else it's kind of after that but first person shooters are they they probably take it for me as far as favorite type of game that's fair just just because it's your favorite type of game doesn't mean that that has to be the game that you play the most often yeah obviously. exactly so. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I guess and I say it's my favorite because it's what comes most naturally to me. Like I said, it's kind of a comfort thing. Like I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to be too tuned in. My brain can kind of take a nap and I just, just kind of zone out and do my thing for hours upon hours. And it's funny because, like I said, I got this game in eighth grade and I had an Xbox 360 in my room and my dad put a timer on it on like the parent mode he set it so that i could only play like maximum four hours and then the xbox would be like you've reached your limit for the day unless you put the passcode in and one i always accepted it i'm like okay i reached my time but then when i started making friends and wanted to play later because like we were in different time zones and everything i thought you know what no i'm not done playing four hours not nearly enough so i Decided Four to try hours. and get the passcode, and I got it right the very first try. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Four hours. Yeah, I had one. One hour a day <laughs> when I was growing nope. up. I think it helps that my dad, my whole family, we're all gamers. Uh, my dad has always been big on video games. He still is. My brother. All of us are. So they saw the, the pros of me getting to hang out with people, getting to play games. Um, they think that they thought there were benefits to it, and as long as I was active in extracurriculars, which I was, it was kind of, you know, okay, cool. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, you can play for four hours. <laughs> and usually, I don't think they thought I would, but I did. And then I decided to play longer, so I guessed the passcode and got it right the first try, and I never told him, and just kept playing forever, and never slept. And that was the downfall of my sleep schedule in life. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah, seriously, that that's probably the main concern of every parent in that. 
position as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in school and you know with the rest of your life okay you know and obviously if it's starting to affect it you know you can't do this anymore or we're gonna severely cut it down but four hours my gosh four hours <laughs> dude I yes i was very spoiled <laughs> so you guys don't want me to tell you that i had unlimited access to my games then when i was a kid right oh man <laughs> yeah well so like seriously my my mom always thought that um if i'm sitting there playing you know my nintendo you know i'm not running the streets I'm, I'm not yeah, it's doing very true. bad things. She knows exactly where I am. I'm I'm in my room playing my video game. She doesn't have to worry about me doing that kind of stuff. Because if y'all knew my mom, you would understand why she'd have to worry about me doing that stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, my dad, he had to know. There was no way he didn't know that I was playing. My, he's very smart. He knew that I was playing beyond the time limit he has set but i think you know i was doing okay in school i was in marching band i was you know doing my chores so you can have this he wouldn't ask i wouldn't tell it was this mutual understanding we had and i was thankful for it yep and i totally didn't do my chores i, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do any of that yeah, exactly. But but at least you weren't out on the street, you know, causing chaos and ruckus. And I lived in the middle of the country, right? so there was yeah. there was no no ruckus to create out there, except for maybe like catching the nearby golf course on fire or something like that. And I had no desire for that. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, go ahead and wrap up then. Uh, I want to thank, first of all, our special guest, Steph Babies, for joining us. She's not going to be doing an Irish goodbye today. Uh, and the uh, game that she has presented to us is Halo 3. If you're listening on the audio podcast, I do want to encourage you to stop by my Twitch channel and uh, watch the podcast being recorded live. Uh, once again, we do that about once every two weeks. Uh, allowing for the holidays, we're going to take a break uh, after uh, early December uh, into the new year, but uh, about once every two weeks, and then it takes me a little bit of time to chop up the audio and post it to the RSS feed. Um, but if you do get a chance, stop on by the Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. We do a lot of things that are not necessarily gamer related, including public domain movie night, um, uh, audio dramas. Um, eventually, we're going to be doing some uh, uh, talk shows in regards to uh, morality and ethics and a couple other things that I've got uh coming on the slate into 2022 even though my name will remain 2021 so uh ebc 2021 on twitch come on by and uh hopefully you'll have a good time uh and uh, of course my co-host rob legion cage you can catch him at twitch.tv slash legion cage spelled l-e-g-i-o-n-k-a-j-e and our special guest, Steph Babies, is at twitch.tv slash S-T-E-P-H-B-A-B-I-E-S. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast, if you're so doing. And uh, hopefully we can see you live on Twitch uh, soon. And uh, hopefully uh, 
this has piqued your interest uh, listening to us doing these uh, gamer interviews. So once again, I'm Scotty with the Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. Thank you so long and good night.